It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation's semi-annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal, too. Schedule a no-obligation in-home estimate now. Call 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This is is the Go Birds Podcast. Hello, it is the Go Birds podcast presented by Parks, Casino, and Sportsbook. And Elliot Shore Parks out in Vegas. Let me tell you that the uh, the like hour and a half or two hours or whatever it is that you had to, you know, go to the, the press conferences after and you know, do your job and, and do the post game on WIP was much needed for me because if we had done this pod right after the game, I would have been a lot angrier. And right now I'm just like resigned to to remembering that I didn't think they were going to be that good to begin with. But man, like what a uninspiring, ugly, uh, undisciplined, uh, poorly coached, poorly played game out in in Oak or Los Angeles or Las Vegas. Jeez Louise, that's where I'm at, Elliot. Yeah, it was just. It was awful. I mean, it's one of those games where, and I know it's where, you know, one year in, I mean, you know, seven games into the first year of, of Nick Sirianni and, and Jalen Hurts as a combo or whatever, but it's one of those games that your, your, your knee-jerk reaction coming out of it is like, burn it all to the ground, man. Like, tear it down and start over. Like, the coach ain't it. The quarterback ain't it. The roster ain't it. The general manager ain't it. And, you know, I know that that's obviously, you know, uh, just a, a knee-jerk reaction to a game. But but right now they're 2-5. and five. I have real doubts about them being Detroit in Detroit, which mm-hmm. is sad in and of itself. Like, this is a bad spot right now for this team. Yeah, so it reminded me being there. Uh, it reminded me of the game in Detroit. I think it was on Thanksgiving where Chip Kelly was a head coach and they oh, just got blown yeah. out, right? Yeah, like, was that, that was the Thanksgiving Day game. Yes, yes. They got, so, it was like 54 to something. It was horrible. 
Yeah, it reminded me of that. Like, it reminded me of being there, uh, being at the stadium in Detroit that day. That That's what it reminded me of. That was the feeling. That was the uh, vibe I got walking down to the locker room. And, you know, I, I was watching the team and just thinking about where they're at, right? Like, where they're at. Like, uh, you know, is this a quick rebuild? Like, is it whatever you want to – whatever term they want to use to uh, describe this year. Like, where are they at? And I thought a lot about how – Coming into the season, I thought they would be better than they are. Clearly, it's been well documented. Me and you have debated it many times. We spent the whole <laughs> offseason about it, right? Like, we all know where I stood on this team. And one I of the reasons I love when people, stood, real quick, I just love when people are always like, Elliot, you know you picked 10 wins. Elliot, you know you picked know. 11 wins. It's like, yeah, man. I know. Thanks. Yeah, like, trust me. Trust me. I am well aware that I put that they'd be good. But, um... Look, I, I think one of the reasons I picked them to be good was because I bet on their track record. And that's what we've discussed a lot, right? How I thought Lurie, you know, knows how to run a team, how Howie's resume is better, all those things, right? And we'll, we will certainly get into a big picture thing because bad news, like for the second year in a row, they're not even going to make it to November in playoff contention. <laughs> so we got plenty of time to talk about big picture stuff. And I will certainly have my moment where I take my comeuppance. Is that what it's called? Like sure. My, uh, yeah. yeah. Humble pie, I, comeuppance, any of this. Yeah embarrassment, yeah. shaming, all those things, yeah, right? Sure. But I, I saw a tweet as I was frantically trying to get back to the hotel, like in the middle of about 80, 120 year olds going to an EDM festival. I, I saw a tweet and I think this is where they're at now. All right, so it's from Shiel Kapadia. I, I am so happy you're bringing this up because I screenshotted this tweet and I was I gonna mention it, well. to you, mention it to you for this exact reason, go ahead. Yeah, so I screenshotted it as well. The Eagles have six wins since the start of the 2020 season, a span of 23 games. Only four teams with fewer wins during that period. Texans, Lions, Jets, Jaguars. Like, look, the Eagles are still, I believe, and like, I don't, look, not, not well run, like, but the, the franchise, they're not the Jaguars. I still believe that. But ultimately, what I have to accept, right, is that they are not the team they used to be, right? Like, that resume that I bet on, that bet failed. I'm in Vegas, right? Like, my bet lost. <laughs> like, the, the, the bet that I thought the history of them being a competently run franchise would repeat itself does not seem to be the case. And when you see the four teams that they're referenced with, that's who they are right now. Like, that's who they are. The, the last few years, 2018, they started three and four. 2019, they started three and four. 2020, one of the worst scenes we've, we've ever seen. They were at least like two, four, and one. And I know it's a tie, but they were better than two and five. You know, like it's going down. They're getting worse each year. The reasons I thought they would be good did not come to fruition, right? Nick Sirianni is not doing a good job. Jalen Hurts has not been able to come over, overcome the, the coaching and certainly has some flaws on his own. Jonathan Gannon is not doing a good job. But the biggest issue they might have right now, and this is something we discussed during Sirianni's introductory press conference, and I'm not going to drag him back through the mud for that. But one of the things we talked about was, will these players believe in the coach? And we were focused on Sirianni, and there's a discussion to have with that. But I can tell you, being in the post-game press conferences, we don't get to be in the locker room, but being in the press conferences, listening to Fletcher Cox and Rodney mm -hmm. McLeod talk, they do not believe in Jonathan Gannon. They can say they do. I've covered them their whole career since, well, you know, 10 years since they've been here. They, they've they been on good defenses. These, these guys have been on championship teams. Like, I know people don't like when players throw coaches under the bus, but guess what? Like, these players are more qualified than Jonathan Gannon, right? And to hear them talk about him, not him, but like saying, 
you know, I've always played in aggressive defenses, so this is an adjustment. I can only play what's called. Like, there's a lot of problem with the Eagles. We'll get into the game. We'll get into all those things. The one that might be most pressing right now is this team is going to stop believing in the coaches, and that's a major issue. Yeah, and it's something with Sirianni, and and I think Gannon, you know, clearly that that's already starting. But with Sirianni, too, we talked about, you know, how his rah-rah, you know, kind of team and core principles and connecting and all that that stuff, how that's like all well and good, but once you've lost four in a row, are, are players gonna gonna buy into that stuff? Are they gonna gonna believe in that stuff? And certainly right now it's it's gonna be a major test of that and it seems again they already are. I mean, I'm happy you brought up that tweet because I was gonna bring it up to you for that reason of you know, these are Kind of the, the statements that I made going into this season, uh, you know, uh, in the in the off season certainly about where the Eagles were at as an organization, and another tweet just because you brought up the Gannon thing that I may as well bring up right now that is one of the most astonishing. I am not kidding when I say this. One of the most astonishing stats I've ever seen tweeted about the Eagles. Of course, it's from Ruben Frank, the the deacon of tweeting amazing stats about the Eagles, but. In terms of Jonathan Gannon and, and the passivity and lack of aggressiveness on defense, listen to this stat from Ruben Frank. In the Eagles' first 1,285 games, mm. they allowed eight quarterbacks to complete 80% of their passes. In the Eagles' last five games, they've allowed four quarterbacks to complete 80% wow. of their passes. I mean, so that is half in the history of the Eagles. They have allowed half as many as they allowed the history of the Eagles in their last five games. I mean, that is, I mean, that's not a fluke. You know what no. I mean? Uh, and like when, when it's, when those numbers are there and then again, Fletcher Cox and say what you want, there are certainly some parts of that press conference that, you know, I get paid for sacks and stuff that, that, you know, you don't love to hear. But Fletcher Cox has definitely paid his dues here in Philadelphia. And look, I think he's having a bad season. I think that he is not fully invested. And I think that's really clear, maybe, you know, for, for multiple reasons. The roster, BG going down, uh, uh, clearly not believing in the coach, frustration, all that. But but for Fletcher Cox to come out and blatantly, like that is not a, a uh, subtle shot at Jonathan Gannon and the defensive coaching staff. That is a blatant outward shot. I mean, that's really bad, Elliot. Like, this could fall apart in a hurry. Yeah, it definitely could. I mean, look, during the uh, third quarter, um, I tried to look at some initial lines to wondering if the Eagles are going to be favored or uh, underdogs versus the Lions. And honestly, like, they might be underdogs in that game. The Lions are at least competitive, right? I mean, the Eagles were not competitive today. And, and the other thing that... I think we all need to accept is anything that happened in that fourth quarter doesn't matter. Like this idea that they pulled it close and like, oh, oh look at, yeah, look oh, at some yeah. good plays Jalen Hurts made late. Like, no, forget all that. If you want to tell me Rager's catch was nice and whatever, yes, fine, right? Like that was a nice catch, good play by him. But Who ultimately, cares? Who like, cares? The, 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 you know, the numbers are way worse than they look. This was not a 10-point loss. They were outclassed from beginning to end by that team. And I think that the most – astounding part and for me if i'm jeffrey laurie the biggest red flag is they had 10 days to prepare for that team yep. right yep. this wasn't a short week they had 10 days to prepare for a team that by the way is going through maybe you know the most traumatic 
thing right now in the NFL. Like, you don't want to rate traumatic things. But they lost their head coach, their $100 million yeah. uh, head coach a few weeks ago, and they schooled him. Like, they schooled him. Sirianni came out to try to run the ball, which was going well. I was texting you, like, this is going to be the vi- the biggest run-the-ball victory parade in the history of victory <laughs> parades. Like, like, the run-the-ball crowd was living their dream. And then Miles Sanders went down. And that was it. Like, he had no counterpunch. I know that he kept giving it to Boston Scott and Kenny Gainwell to an extent, but, like, they're not the same guys. Like, I, yeah, well, Kenny Gainwell, closer. But ultimately, once his plan didn't work and the Raiders figured it out, like, that was it. And I also think it's extremely encouraging that their big adjustment they made, like, the big adjustment this coaching staff came up to was run the ball. Like, that's it. Like, that, that, like, that was the adjustment. It wasn't, you know, a clever way to use Jalen Hurts. It wasn't, you know, getting rid of the RPO and doing something else. It was handing the ball off, something that <laughs> high school teams do, right? Like, that was their big adjustment. The big adjustment was, we're going to run the ball. And it's not good. It's, it's, it's just not good. You said it could fall apart. Like, yeah, it most definitely could fall apart. This could get very ugly very quickly. And I don't know where, I don't know where they go from here. Like, it's not easy to find a quarterback. And I guess we'll talk about Jalen in a minute, but like Nick Sirianni, I don't know what you do because you can, you can give him a second year and say, look, we knew you, you were going to develop all those things. But, but like, if the players don't believe in him, I don't know how you give him a second year, unless you're saying you don't care about basically anybody on the roster. Like, I don't know what you do. Yeah. Uh, and we'll get, like you said, we'll get to hurts in a sec, but, but I wanted to talk Sirianni first anyway. And I think it's a great point because, you know, we've already heard Jake Glazer come out and say, oh, Sirianni, there's no chance. It's it's, it's a one and done and, you know, all this stuff. And, we, you know, Jeffrey Lurie's putting the, the right stuff out there. And and I don't think that Jeffrey Lurie at any point when he hired Nick Sirianni thought he had any chance of being a one and done, obviously. But, but at a certain point, like you said, Elliot, and this is a point you made before the season when we argued or, or kind of – you know, heading into the season or early on about, you know, if the, the theoretically Nick could be a one and done. And, and I was like, no way, no way, no way, no way. You know, there's no way they hire him and give him a one and done year and all that. But like, to your point, if the wheels fall off and, and this guy consistently on a week to week basis looks overmatched, unqualified, zero creativity, zero discipline, and, and again, if he loses his locker room, if his guys don't play hard for him, if this ends up being a three or a four or, you know, even a five-win team that, that looks ugly, I mean, you know, I, I think there's a really decent chance that he's a one-and-done because at a certain point, no matter what your intentions are in the hire, no matter what your intentions are in giving someone time, you know that another year isn't going to be enough time. That Nick Sirianni yeah. is too far away. Uh, could Nick Sirianni be a good head coach someday? Sure. Is it any time in the next two years? No. No. Yeah, prob- I mean, this guy not. is uh, completely yeah. overmatched. He is overmatched, yeah. Elliot, every single week. And look, it's like, like your, to your point, he got a, a, his pants coached off by a special teams interim coach. And you're the one whose stat was great, where it's like interim coaches have won their first game and lost their second like five times in a row or whatever it was. So uh, it's just all the warning signs are there. Well, here's the other thing too. Like Sirianni was a questionable hire, right? Like Sirianni did not take the job with a a lot of people outside believing it. He was on no one else's list, right? Right, exactly. He was on no one else's list. list. That's Yep, best way to put it. Jalen Hurts came into this season. Second round pick. People are skeptical about him. All those things. 
Jonathan Gannon came into his job as one of the most sought-after defensive coordinator candidates on the market. Like, like we can kill the Eagles for Sirianni and Hurts and all that, and but but like Gannon is just not being who he was supposed to be. Like Sirianni, you know, you thought there'd be growing pains. I thought that the division would be bad enough; it wouldn't matter. But whatever, right? Like he at least is kind of what you thought you were getting. Jalen Hurts, we knew there were going to be growing pains too, right? Gannon is just terrible. Like, the, like I, I, I don't know if he like hoodwinked the entire league. Like, what happened? He, I don't get what he's doing. Like, like where is what? What is the quality that made him a good candidate? Because it wasn't just the Eagles. It wasn't just us. Like teams around the league. Brandon Staley, if I'm not mistaken, who is a defensive coordinator, wanted to hire him to be his coordinator in Los Angeles, yeah. right? Like, yeah. like so people were in on this guy, and I look at it and I'm like. Like, why? He doesn't do anything. He just puts the two safeties back, and then it's like, oh, we're not giving up the big plays. What does it matter? How you're like, all right, when they did the onside kick, right? Yeah, when Derek Carr goes 31 for 34, who cares? Right. Who cares if none of them are big plays? Like, what are we talking about here? Honestly, when they did the onside kick and didn't didn't get it, Uh I, I almost tweeted it and I pulled back, but I think it's true. Like, Honestly, they should just onside kick it every snap because, like, at least it, it decreases the amount of t- time the other team has the ball. <laughs> you know, like, at least now they only have to go 50 yards and it only takes a few minutes instead of going, like, you know, 95 yards, 80 yards, 75 yards. And, like, just, you know, dink and dunk and dink and dunk. And the other part of it is, look, the personnel is not as good as I thought it was going to be. But, like, the only little bit of blame I'll take from Gannon is – like guys aren't tackling, you know. Like the the thing has well, they're to bad, work. To your point, yeah. like they're bad. I mean, all these linebackers are horrendous, and that's been an organizational philosophy. But you know what? Like that's on Howie for having a defensive coordinator come in here whose scheme needs linebackers to make freaking plays. Like then, yeah. I don't know. Maybe you should put some resources into linebackers. And I know it was a a tough off season money wise and all that. But you know, hey, it, it's on you, buddy. Like, the, like. It's it, it. They're not talented enough, and Gannon is doing nothing to try and maximize the talent they have. It's like a a perfect disaster. Well, and that's that's where like it's like how did he trick us? Because like I know. In how do you trick camp, everybody? How yeah, everybody? how do you trick everybody? Like in training camp, I wasn't the only one saying it. Like all the beat writers, all everyone at practice was saying like, oh, they're like mixing it up between you know three and four. They have this Joker linebacker role that's going to be a stand up edge rusher, like. Where did all that go? Like, basically, all they do, the entire philosophy is let people complete the ball and then tackle them as soon as they get it. Like, that that's the defense, right? Like, and the, the, it's a bad defense in general, but it's especially bad when you have, like, Davion Taylor and these guys trying to make tackles. I mean, the Raiders were missing Darren Waller today, and they still did anything they wanted on offense, right? And, yeah, Henry Ruggs didn't have a good game. So what? They, they didn't need it. Like, it doesn't matter if these guys don't have good games because they just – Pick and part. They just picked the p- apart the defense, other places. So you know, uh, doing my post game uh, hit on uh, ninety four VIP. Rob Rob uh, Ellis asked me like, would they fire Gannon? And I I just don't know. Like, cause what do you do? You hire? You're not gonna hire somebody from the outside. Like, who on the staff are you giving that job to? Like, that's the other problem with such a young, experienced, inexperienced staff is like, there's nobody to put up there to take over for Gannon. Yeah, I don't think they're firing anyone in season, but I think if if they decide to pull the trigger on firing Sirianni, they'll they'll pull the trigger on firing Gannon too if this continues. And I think, and we'll move on to Hurts in one sec, but I, I think the you know 
the word, the thought that comes to mind on both sides of the ball from a coaching perspective is vanilla. Like they are both simple schemes without anything interesting, without any creativity on both sides of the ball. Like, and they have no adjustments. And we talked about this last time, but you know, the, the thing that Ray Dittinger brought up and other people have brought up about like, they never set things up. They never run a play in the first quarter to see how the defense reacts. They can use it against them in the third quarter. Like they never do that kind of stuff. And it's just a, it's a really simple poorly coached team like maybe if you were simple and your team executed at the highest of levels okay I don't know but like it's it's a it's a poorly coached team that is uh, simply coached and is poor from a roster perspective so it's a it's a it's a bad mix let's get the hurts and then we'll get to to some other stuff but well i, I do I, have one sirianni specific game thing sure well i mean like there are so many i mean the the I mean, uh, I got bailed out by the Maddox interception, but then well, that's what I was going to ask. About, yeah. I mean, that was a disaster. I mean, that was they well, were they had the punt team on, for it. I don't, I don't care. They had the punt team on the field. Like, what are we? Well, doing? but the reasoning is even is even worse. So oh, the, the reasoning is he goes. Uh, so so for, I do think one thing that should be noted is he said that he made the decision to accept the penalty before the punt team went on the field. So like the ref told it to him, he accepted it. Then the punt team went on, whatever, right? Like there was yeah, miscommunication either way, there. Yeah, either right. way. But but regardless, like his reasoning for for taking it was he he was like, well, fourth and four on our chart, we would go for it, and we didn't want them to go for it. And it's like, what are you talking about, man? Yeah, like <laughs> your chart said you would go for it, so you thought they would. And also, <laughs> like, what is that? What does that say about your confidence level in the defense that you were I so know. petrified I they know. would go for it? Like you know, and yeah. and look, in some ways. There is a little bit of logic in kicking it back because it's like it's a long whatever. But I don't know, man. Like that was bad. I mean, there was another thing late in the game that was bad. Yeah, that, I mean, the onside yeah. kick was bad. Like, I mean, there were so many things that were bad. Like, and I maybe the onside kick thing. I guess to your point, where the defense isn't stopping anyone anyway. You're so, desperate, and you're desperate. But I just thought, you know, zero handle. It just he's 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 a disaster as a head coach right now. You know, DeCamera did the whole uh, worst Eagles head coach he's ever seen, and I was like, that's aggressive. You know, it's only been six games or whatever it was. Like, through seven games, he's the worst I've ever seen. Like, in terms of, like, their any coach's first seven games, like, it's awful. Like, he's awful, and Gannon's awful. The whole staff just seems inexperienced and overmatched. All right, speaking of, of inexperienced and overmatched, sadly... <laughs> You know, Jalen Hurts, who, you know, we love, but um, just another awful performance. And, look, again, I don't think he was helped out by a simple offense by Syrian. Like you talked about, no creative stuff, no, like, doing anything that, that is creative with Hurts or, or, you know, design the offense around him or anything like that. But even still, he just – you know, he had a couple of nice throws, like always, but just, just not enough, man. Like, he's just – He's just not good enough, and it's a shame because I really like him, and maybe someday he could be good enough to to be part of a good team and help a team win, but I just think, like, in the time that he has to prove that he's the guy, it's not going to happen. Like, they're going to do something else. I mean, he's he's not good enough for this situation right now. Exactly. Like, That's, your, my right. That's my yeah, point. That's my point. Like, to your point, he is being asked – 
to do maybe more than any other quarterback in the NFL. And I know that's a bit of a stretch because, like, obviously but Tom it's Brady. it's up there. Like, From a usage perspective, it, it's yeah. up there, you know? And he's just – he's not good enough right now. Like, I think in the right situation, Jalen Hurts could be really good. Like, the accuracy is a problem without question. It could be his, his Achilles heel. But, like, he's got no, no chance out there. Now, what I'll also say, though, is, like, there is a little part of me that would be interested, still be interested in seeing Sirianni with a different quarterback, just uh, like for me, an evaluation buddy. standpoint. Not me. Not me. I, I get. Well, it, couldn't but be worse than me. this. Like, like it can't. I mean, be worse but if this. he again, like to the point we talked about, where it was like he's, I'm, I'm going to put my players in positions to be successful and and utilize their talents. Like, if he can't do that for Jalen Hurts, like I know he's a more conventional quarterback with Flacco, but like, what do I? You know what? This guy's not a good enough head coach to get anything to do anything to make Jalen Hurts better. Like, what do I care what he's like with Joe Flacco? Like, he's not good enough. No, I, look, I I think you're probably right that that's how it would play out. The only point I I'm making is I get your point. I get your point. He's clearly yeah, like, not able to to do anything with Jalen Hurts from a I mean, there's perspective. Just, there's just so many moments where Jalen throws it, and even if it's completed, it's just like, or even if it's dropped, it's like. Just not a good throw. Like, he has a throw to Devontae Smith that's way behind him. Devontae puts his hands back. So, I mean, it's, honestly, it's the stuff I would kill Carson for. Like, yeah. the ball's behind him, hits him in both hands. Yes, he should catch it, but it's a it's a bad throw. The throw to Devontae where, you know, he's, like, basically wide open on the sideline and he makes a catch, but, like, it should be an, e- it should be an easier throw. The throw to Quez Watkins late in the game, that should have maybe probably been a touchdown or at least a very long uh, you know, a very long completion. He has a, a pass that he threw that should have been a pick six, but Goddard batted it away. Like, he's he's just, he's not consistently accurate. And I, I know that he's going against a better defense than Derek Carr went against. I get that. And I get Derek Carr's late in his career, later in his career. I get that. But in person, it's just, it's just extremely noticeable how Derek Carr's passes, it's just like, pew, pew, like, you know, just like, you know, accurate, da, 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 like, and then Jalen, like it's just it just doesn't come off of his hand the same way. Like it just it doesn't look like like Derek Carr's passes look. And maybe he can improve it. I don't know. But like again, I I would not be I would not bench him. I wouldn't. But like I, I you know I I think that there's some logic to it in a way. And, and the other Jalen thing I'll say is, and I'm not just gonna kill him for this because a few a few players said it and have said it. The players keep saying that execution is a small thing. Like they'll go to the oh podium, my God. And be like the whole sport yeah. is execution. Like that, right? The, so like that, it's the Dallas difference Goddard. between winning and losing. That's it. Right. Like Dallas Goddard goes up to the podium, and Jalen says some of the same things, and it's like, oh, we're really close. Like when you watch the, film, I hate it's that like, too. By the way, yeah. they, enough. Jalen Hurts has been saying that for three weeks or whatever. Like enough. You're not close. You're not. You're right. nowhere close. Well, and also, like, yeah, you're right. There there might be plays to be made there, but guess what? You guys can't make them. You know, like, I, like yes, I'm not disputing that it, when they watch the film, they look and go, like, oh, look, that guy was open. Or, like, look, if, if Miles <laughs> would have ran to the left, there was a hole. But, like, to, to what we started the podcast off with, like, they are not a team that does those things. They are the Jets. They are the Jaguars, right? Like, they are not a team that executes. Or they'll be like, you know, it's small things like penalties. It's like penalties aren't a small thing. You know, like, like we're not talking about a small thing here that was a minor hiccup on the way to you scoring 30 points on a four, you know, in a four and two team. We're talking about the fact that you guys never do these things. Like, execution, not a small thing. And they keep saying it, and it's not true. Like, it's not a small thing. And I think... Look, I get they have to believe in themselves. I understand that, right? Like, I do. But, like, it's just, you know, it makes no sense. Yeah, I'm with you. Um, I'm, I, I am, am 
so emphatically with you. And it's just, look, I love, I think, as we've talked about many times, everything, for the most part, Jalen Hurts says is awesome. And I think he says the right thing 99% of the time. Like, the the close thing is the wrong thing, man. Like, it's the wrong read right now. It's the wrong thing to say. Like, just say we have to get better. Like, there's a big difference between that. Like, you can't say we're close because you guys right. have, have been outclassed. Like, the last few weeks like outclassed and by the way that one win that you had after week one that felt like a loss and you know was as much because of Sam Darnold as anything feels a lot less inspiring after seeing the Panthers get their butts whooped by the Giants today I'll tell you that much too um so you know I just it's uh I'm with you it's a bad spot and back to the execution thing that comes back to coaching that comes back to like you know it's like this old like core principles stuff like number one is connecting like decamera said this on the show he's right he's like no number one should be winning like your your number one core principle in football should be winning and you know what maybe number two is elliot execution like execute like seriously though and like that should be battered into these guys heads and it just it feels like it's just such a mess and and to your point i think those fletcher cox quotes can't be undersold and i mcleod as well those are veterans those are guys who know the implication of what they're doing fletcher cox is not someone who says stuff to the media like you know i was about to curse there and i, I didn't for all the parents <laughs> well you could there. just see the look in his eyes like he was frustrated he knows like he, yeah. he knows what he's doing elliot he knows he's been in this city a decade you know he knows how his words are going to get taken and repurposed and and what it means and and there was no ambiguity about it like it's a big deal yeah. like and again if you go into detroit and lose like this could and, and 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 let me tell you now I, I know it's you know the heat of the moment but whatever the line is as of right now i would pick detroit like i i, well, I just would so it, it's it's look, bad spot man here's another heat of the moment thing like hey. we've debated this too like in the heat look. of the moment <laughs> there it is the, the 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 street performer i'm in vegas i feel like the street performing <laughs> is uh is coming out yes. um look we've debated this and i i look i at my core i still believe it would be a good thing if they turned this around and they made the playoffs and Jalen and Sirianni turned it around, right? But, like, let's be honest here. And I'm being honest with myself now. It's just now. not going to happen. It's not happening. You know, like, like, look, I fought the good fight all offseason. I believed it at my core. I thought they were good. I really believed it would be for the best of this franchise if they made the playoffs. When I said I thought the first six games were just a result of the schedule, I believe that. I was wrong. Like, they're a bad team. And, you know, Again, if they could somehow get to nine wins and get in, I think that that is in some way a net positive. But ultimately, what this team needs, like, again, end of the pod, real ones only moment. They need to blow it up. Like, they need everybody gone. They need, like, they have been, the like, this whole execution thing. That's what they've been for four years now. Like, you know, to a certain degree. And they've been able to get to the playoffs and, you know, they've been bet all those things. But, like, they need to blow this up is my takeaway from that game. Like, everyone's got to go. And honestly, I would, if I would keep anybody, like, well, actually, never mind. I just, everyone's got to go. Yeah, Stoutland. Stoutland can stay. But, but, but it goes to the top. Like, Howie has to go. And I know, you know, anyone who listens to this pod knows that this has been something that I have preached and stood by for a long time. But 
But what more evidence do we need? This roster is falling apart. It is not as good as as people thought it was. No offense, you know, and I, I don't blame you, but it, I knew Nuts. that I mean, there were going to be injuries. Dude, I was injuries. wrong. It's okay. Yeah. yeah, and I knew there were going to be injuries, and the depth wasn't there, and and they're asking people to do things they can't do, and then they hired this coaching staff. Even if Sirianni's a Lori hire, like how he's intimately involved with all of that, and also how he is responsible for Hurts. Not only did he draft him, he also set up the situation that, that had Hurts playing because of the Wentz thing. Whatever we want to say about Carson and all that stuff, like as we've you know discussed and debated, like how he's rolling that is obviously pretty clear. So, you well, know, it, the other. It's just I, 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 my point being that that you know we're crushing Sirianni as we should. We're we're nervous and and coming to grips with the Hurts not being it thing, but like. Howie needs to be in the crosshairs more than anybody, as far as I'm concerned. And you know that's not a surprising thing to hear me say, but but don't lose sight of the fact that Howie is still the person who did all this. And he's, he's got four head coaches. Like, if Sirianni goes, which at this point, I, I think at the end of the year, we're going to be saying he's got to go, which is crazy. I also think that Howie has to go. Well, and that's what I was going to say. Like, look, I... I Sirianni's been bad. You could you could maybe convince me a world where they get rid of Howie and you like give Sirianni another chance. I wouldn't do it, but like you could convince me that more of the of the other options. But and I don't want to get into a Deshaun Watson discussion. But I also think like when we started the pod talking about what they are now, it's noteworthy that Deshaun Watson refuses to come here. Oh, like yeah. forget like all the moral like all that stuff, right? Deshaun Watson, who's in one of the toughest situations he's made any player almost that like, you know. I don't want to say ever, but obviously a lot of players in the league have not been in as tough a situation as Deshaun where he has all these allegations and like, you know, he's not even playing right now. He won't come. He won't come to Philly like he won't do it. So I think it just speaks to how how they're now starting to be viewed by these guys like yeah. around the league. Yeah. And it goes back to that. He'd rather again, go like, to Miami or Carolina. Yep. And it goes back to that chill tweet again. Like that's what the Eagles are like right now. And, and perception is what matters and what you are. You know, uh, uh, what you know? What have you done for me lately? Like, the Eagles are a Detroit, a Jacksonville, a Houston in terms of production, in terms of 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 culture. You know, in terms of of how many again? Like, we spent our entire off season talking about one story after another, from the tanking thing to a, a public disastrous Carson Wentz divorce, like all these things where like everyone else is, and we're looking at our, our own team and saying like, this is toxic. This is not like a, a great situation. And you know, it's, this is where it's, it's leading to, you know? And well, and like, look, so I'm in Vegas. There was a, a, you know, fans of Philly had like thousands of people here, tons of Eagles fans spending a lot of money to come watch this team. Right. I've probably seen more Eagles fans on the road this year than any of the year I've covered them. And I think it's cause you know, last year they couldn't travel and all those things. But like, it sucks. It sucks for them. Like you know, like they come out, they they go to Vegas, which is still fun, and the trips are good and all that. But like, it sucks for for these fans that are doing this. Like the you know the Eagles have some of the most devoted fans in the league, and like this is what they're being put through. You know, like in in it just it sucks. Like you know, I I I thought the team would be good. Maybe deep down, I just wanted them to be good because. It's been so long. Like, you know, 2020 was was a hard year watching the team and like people were so upset and like it just it sucks, man. Like, but they're they're not. They're not good. Like, they're <laughs> not. And <Yeah. laughs> there's just there's they're nothing not. to be done about it. It's not an in-season fix. It's not a quick thing. It's not a oh, they're close. Like they they're bad. And this is it's gonna it's gonna be a tough rebuild. 
Yeah, yeah, I'm with you. And it's going to be, you know, it's going to be really interesting to see how the rest of the season plays out because I do think that, you know, partially how bad it spirals could mean how being gone or not could mean Nick getting a second year or not and all that type yeah. of stuff. So it's going to be fascinating. And I think right now is a real pivot point with the whole, you know, Fletcher Cox quotes and heading into, you know, what theoretically should be the, you know, one of the easiest games on your schedule against a team that has yet to win a football game, no matter how much they have fought in certain games, you know, they, they're winless, you know, so um, it, this is going to be a really, really fascinating week for this team coming off that sinker. If they rebound, if they fight, like, you know, maybe it doesn't all fall apart, but you know, if they lose to Detroit and if it, it kind of looks the same, it could get, you know, you know. Well, because the Chargers really, next, They could have, so like, two top three picks, man. They could have, like, uh, They could. Uh, yeah. Well, at least Thank it'll you, be Dolphins. an interesting offseason. Yeah, that's for sure. Um, all right. Uh, just looking through my notes, there's nothing. Like, it's all, like, it feels silly to, like, go through specific right. things of the game and all that stuff. Like, but uh, just, I, I do think, just to say quickly, I definitely can't believe they, I, I it might have been a fumble. I can't believe they they uh, didn't overturn that game off fumble because from the it really did look like his knee was down right yeah. before the ball went out. But but you know whatever it's not a game changer. They stuck. <laughs> it's not even more. That's the point. It's not I mean it matters about. to a degree. Yeah. But yes, yeah. Um, you know, Dolphins lose again, which is great. Uh, I texted Estelia, but I I'm uh, you know even though we have had some some bad history taking early victory laps on this parade uh, on this podcast. Uh, I, I'm taking my Jamar Chase victory lap. Like that dude is unbelievable. Um, yeah, he's, he's so good. Um, you know, I don't really think I pushed back too hard on you for what it's worth. No, you, you didn't. Were right. You didn't. You didn't. Yeah. You didn't. Okay. You didn't. I just want that out there. So um, people don't think I'm like, a, I was yeah. anti Jamar no, Chase. No, no. Yeah. You just okay. were, you just had like Devonte. you might've taken him ahead of him. It was close yes, for you or yes. whatever, but like I was, you know, all in on Jamar Chase. It was not a, a anti you just a totally pro me. Toot my own horn, Elliot. I got to get something Look, out of this. someone's got to get a yeah. W today, right? Yeah, I mean. exactly, buddy. Um, all right. Uh, that's all I got for my notes. You got anything else? No. I mean, look, like I said, Vegas has we'll been a lot We'll obviously talk of- more more big picture stuff and all that as the week goes on. We'll have more, you know, we'll, we'll get there. But for right now, yeah. it's like, you know. Yeah, well, I guess the last thing I would say is just like you saw the frustration boil over with Jason Kelsey, too, on the field, you know? So, like. I think I think these veterans are realizing it's not happening, and I'm sure that's really hard for them. And actually, the uh, the one last thing, like Zach Ertz caught a 46 yard touchdown today. I saw like, it. Zach, it was Zach a nice Ertz, catch and Zach run, Ertz buddy. Looked kind of cooked this season, right? Like so, I mean that's almost as damning on Sirianni as anything else. Like like this guy, they couldn't get Ertz to do anything, and the first game he plays with the Cardinals, he's a 46 yard run and catch. Like so, yeah. So there it is. Yeah, I, I wish I had said this before, but I because I, there was a better time for it when you talked about coming out of the mini buy. This is what we get, you know. Your your changes run the ball like which everyone was telling right. you. Anyway, uh, we forgot the other massive massive change that I think Nick Sirianni really thought was going to make a difference. No visor. So <laughs> well, I know, like the no visor, but yes, I, I do agree. too. I do too. You know, especially with this guy, like do anything you can to to seem more adult than you do right now, buddy. Yeah. Um, but you know, it's just, anyway, um, you got any final thoughts? I'm guessing the parks parlay didn't hit. I'm going to go on the limb. <laughs> well, only cause of Carolina. You know, they, they, oh, really? they, 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 well, let me look. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. 
Uh, Carolina. So New England won. Green Bay won it. And uh, well, it depends on San Francisco. So we have San Francisco money line. So we would, if if Carolina had won, we would be going into the San Francisco game with it with them mm. needing to, to win to to win it. But, well, yeah, whatever. Didn't happen for us. The Panthers are bad. <laughs> yeah, they are. They are. Um. All right. You got any uh, final thoughts? For the third time, the final thoughts. Um. No. Yeah. I mean, I'm good. you know, go go well, see well, your well, show It's going to be an interesting week. Yeah, go see your show tonight. Get back safe. Uh, we will get some more Vegas stories on the next pod from Elliot. Yes. And, uh, you know, I'm sure there'll be a lot to, a lot of fun stuff to talk about with this team. So, uh, Always. You know, yeah, we'll get there. All right. Um, again, uh, thank you to everyone for listening. We'll be back later in the week. For Elliot, I'm James. We'll talk to you guys soon.